In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Issues concerning security have been leading the news for quite some time now, and it's understandable. There are so many things happening these days that we probably all have a heightened sense of awareness. Violence of some sort is always in the news, and we know the slogan, see something, say something, and we understand the importance to act. With COVID-19, we strive to be diligent about social distancing, wearing a mask when in public, to get vaccinated and boosted, and to wash our hands more than usual. These measures are to protect not only our own health, but that of the other, our neighbors. And there are other issues concerning security, so the lingering question is, what does it take to be secure. Years ago, getting a good education was one of the sure ways that led to security. Having a good education meant you were more likely to be qualified and considered for a wide range of employment opportunities. Education was the aspect necessary for building a lifelong career and a comfortable lifestyle. However, for too many people, that's not the case now because there are thousands of highly qualified, highly educated people who are struggling to find employment in today's market despite all the vacancies we keep hearing about. Another way to have some sense of security is to have insurance to protect against a wide range of issues. So we invest in health insurance life insurance, auto insurance, homeowner insurance, cell phone insurance, and the list goes on and on. Although we hope we never have to use any of it, and we wish we didn't have to buy all of that insurance, but we surely wouldn't risk going without it. I must say I was grateful for the health insurance I had when I had surgery some years ago. Without it, my bills would have been enormous. We all have probably heard stories of back in the day when people never had to lock their doors at home. And for some people, depending on where they live, that's still the case. But generally speaking, in order to secure our home, we have to lock doors and windows. Times have changed drastically. Home invasions are on the increase, and many homeowners have found it necessary to install an alarm system with cameras to protect their property and themselves. When you invest in a home security system, a sign is placed in the front yard in clear view for all to see. The sign is supposed to be a deterrent for potential thieves. Whenever, we tra whenever we're traveling on an airplane, there are certain security screenings we must endure by the TSA, all designed for our safety. We must remove our shoes, jacket, and most times, if you're wearing a belt, it has to come off too before you go through the security check. 
all carry-on luggage. And some other items are screened by an x-ray machine before you're allowed to take it on the plane. If an item is thought to be suspicious, it is physically searched by a TSA agent. You know how that goes. A funny thing happened to me during a pilgrimage to Alaska with the journey to adulthood youth some years ago. Our group consisted of five adults and 20 teens. Our hands were full. As we were preparing to go through the screening process, I quietly prayed, Dear Lord, please let all these kids get through this screening process without any problems. And he was faithful. God was faithful. All the kids got through without any problems at all. However, I should have included myself in that prayer because this is when TSA started randomly selecting passengers for additional screening, and I was selected. Of course, once again, these procedures are done in the name of security to keep us safe. The measures we take to be safe are endless, but as hard as we try, we must realize we cannot be prepared for everything. In our gospel lesson this morning, we pick up where we left off last week with Jesus speaking to a crowd about the love of God and the way to eternal life. Jesus is always trying to help us understand an important lesson about life, and that is how we live life now actually prepares us for eternal life with God. Last week, Jesus used a parable to help us grasp the idea that money and things are not the answer to having a secure life. The parable was about a rich man whose land produced abundantly, and as a result, the man became even richer. His land had so many crops and so much grain, he didn't have enough storage for it all. To remedy his problem, he decided to demolish his existing barns and build larger ones. As he was contemplating his security plan, visualizing his future and how he was going to spend his days, he said to himself, you have ample goods stored up for years. Eat, drink, be merry. But God called him a fool and said, this very night your soul is being demanded of you. It's obvious that Jesus' approach to investment and security planning is quite different than what we are used to. He advises us of two very important points. One, that we are not to be consumed by money, but to be rich toward God. And two, that we are not to be consumed by concerns about security in this life, but to store up treasure for eternity. Jesus' point is that materialism and money cannot buy security. Our lesson we heard this morning, we hear these words. Be not afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. 
Make purses for yourselves that, that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does that mean? How does it apply, how does it apply to us today? Does it mean that Jesus is calling every Christian to sell all of our possessions and give the proceeds to the poor? No, that's not what that means. However, I am sure there are many Christians who can afford to give and do more for the poor than they choose to do. Does it mean we must give away all our money or that we should not take reasonable precautions for our care and well-being? No, it doesn't mean that either. What Jesus wants us to understand and to do is to broaden our view. He wants us to think outside the box, to see beyond what is apparent. He wants us to cast our eyes beyond what is right in front of us, past the common everyday issues that confront us, and with eyes of faith to peek into the bigger picture. Jesus wants us to realize, as it is important to provide for our bodies, it is just as important to provide for our souls. As we seek to protect our lives on earth, it is even more important to guard and prepare our lives for the kingdom. Now, before you ask, how are we to do double guard duty over our life and soul? Jesus has already given us the answer to that question. He told us to sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves and that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes, no thief comes near, and no moth destroys. So you may be wondering, what is this unfailing treasure and where do we get some? It's found in each and every one of us. It's demonstrated through our actions toward others. It's in letting our light shine and living for Jesus and serving him. Treasures in heaven are those things we give away here on earth. It's in being a blessing to others. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. That's how the kingdom comes. It's in our giving to others, especially those who are in need. As we've read lesson after lesson, we know that God has a special affection for the poor and the powerless, for widows and orphans, for the sick and for, the mar and for marginalized people. Jesus tells, that if, tells us if we want to show our love for God, one of the best ways to do that is by taking care of people in need. Sell your possessions and give alms, Jesus says. Although giving alms usually means giving money, 
there is a deeper meaning which takes us right to the core of the matter. Giving alms is about meeting needs, but in order to meet certain needs, it doesn't always require money. We touched on that last week. Sometimes the need may involve visiting someone who is lonely in the hospital or a nursing home or calling someone just to say, hello, I've missed seeing you. Or the, or the need may be to volunteer to raise money for an organization that seeks to help those in need. Maybe you've been asked to mentor a young boy or girl, or maybe you've been thinking about giving your time to your neighborhood school or organization or through your place of employment. Volunteer opportunities are plentiful. There are so many ways to help the needy than you would care for me to list this morning. So I won't do that, but I will tell you this. What God expects of us depends on the opportunities that are placed before us. We need to look for opportunities to give and to care for those around us, those who are in need. We need to look for ways to be a blessing to others. Remember, it is in giving away God's blessings here and now, it is in living as Jesus lives, that we fill our purse with unfailing treasure in heaven. God doesn't expect us to give what we don't have. He doesn't expect us to do what we can't do, nor does he expect us to try to do it all. But God does expect the following. Give alms to the poor. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven. Be rich towards God. Someone put it this way. I am not everyone, but I am someone. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. What I ought to do, I will, by the grace of God. Amen.